Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Case Acquaint. You have found episode 24. Updates. May 9th is the annual Random Act for Rachel Day, which was created to honor the legacy of kindness left by Rachel Galbraith. Rachel's family, friends, and supporters are inviting all of us to perform a random act of kindness on May 9th to remember Rachel and to keep her memory alive. If you haven't had a chance to listen to our episode about Rachel, this would be a good day for you to do that. And if you've been meaning to inject some love and kindness into the world by doing something nice for someone else, I'm sure Rachel's family and friends would be thrilled to see your example of a random act of kindness posted on their advocacy page, which is called Justice for Rachel Galbraith. We posted an example on our Facebook page yesterday of how one of our team members thought he was performing an act of kindness for another person, but he unexpectedly ended up being blessed with a gift in his own life. Funny how that happens. Kindness and love are such simple blessings, but they can have great impacts on our lives. Thank you, Rachel, for being the example of kindness that the rest of us can try to emulate. Now on with today's story. The first week of May 2017 was going to be a very busy week for one young mom, Akia Eggleston. Despite being 35 weeks into a high-risk pregnancy, Akia wasn't planning on letting doctor's orders of bed rest keep her from accomplishing her goals. That week, Akia had big plans. She had hair and nail appointments. She had just paid for a gender reveal baby shower with lots of expected friends and family members to be there to congratulate her and wish her well. Also, Akia was planning on moving out of her Baltimore apartment she'd been sharing with her roommate and both of their children. While Akia was in many ways close to her friends and family, hardly anybody knew about Akia's plans to move. In fact, after the week had come and gone, they realized there were many things about Akia's life that she kept to herself, or at least extremely private. Things that wouldn't seem to be out of the ordinary had Akia made it through the week as expected. But because of the details that only came to light later, Akia's secrecy may have been nothing more than a malicious plan by someone else to affect her permanent removal from the people who she loved and who loved her. This is the story of the disappearance of Akia Eggleston and her unborn baby boy. 22-year-old Akia Eggleston lived in the Cherry Hill neighborhood of Baltimore, Maryland. She shared custody of her almost three-year-old daughter with an ex-boyfriend whose care Akia's daughter was in at the time Akia disappeared. Akia had maintained steady employment at retail jobs until she was placed on bed rest in January of 2017, when she had gone into early labor, but she had received medical treatment to prolong the pregnancy with close monitoring. Akia was petite at only 4 foot 8, and she was ready for her baby to be born. As her pregnancy had advanced, her baby was deemed to be situated in a breech position. This is often very painful for the mother and can necessitate a delivery by C-section. The C-section procedure was scheduled for May 27th, almost three weeks after her anxiously awaited baby shower. 
When Akia disappeared, it was estimated that she weighed about 130 pounds. Also, according to family, Akia had trouble walking, which I'm sure isn't difficult to imagine someone of her stature and size having to carry an almost full-term breech baby. Akia's baby was a source of great excitement for her. She was already a doting mother to her daughter, and she was also a godmother to other children, and she had been a trusted babysitter for the children of her friends and family for years. She loved to cook, she loved seafood, especially sushi, and she worked very hard. It appears that Akia lived a healthy lifestyle, free of some of the pitfalls young adults her age sometimes fall victim to, like addiction or joblessness. But it's also true that Akia's life also had your typical single mom struggles, trying to juggle motherhood and supporting a household on entry-level wages. At the time, she had no car, so she was dependent on public transportation or finding rides to places she needed to go. Still, she was determined to make sure she created positive memories for her growing family. As we mentioned in the intro, Akia had planned a gender reveal baby shower, for which she had already paid approximately $900. That's a lot of money for a single mom to come up with, so this was absolutely a special event, and she had to reserve this venue in advance. Akia was also looking forward to getting her hair and nails done that week. But the first indication that Akia had other plans that most people who knew her had no knowledge of happened on May 3rd, 2017. Akia was driven around by a friend to several banks, according to police. There isn't a whole lot of information available about these transactions, but what they have released is that Akia was cashing checks, extracting money from ATMs, and also purchasing cashier's checks or money orders. At one point, she was at a Royal Farms bank. She took money from the ATM. Then she went and got cashier's checks from the teller there. She was at a Wells Fargo where she said she was waiting for a check to post. Now, the friend who drove Akia to these places had no participation in these transactions other than by giving Akia a ride. And in fact, that friend, according to police, was very helpful in providing as much detailed information as she could. When, at the time she was driving Akia around, she had no idea what fate actually had in store for Akia. In terms of these bank transactions, some have raised questions about what was actually taking place. The truth is, police have not released the nature of the transactions, but cops do say that they believe Akia was, as they describe it, duped. And on that day, Akia had access to what they characterize as a large amount of money. And she still had money that was yet to be picked up. After May 3rd, that money remained untouched. Same with Akia's otherwise extremely active social media accounts. She posted many times a day on several different social media platforms and had done so for years. But on May 3rd, all that stopped. She never made it to her hair appointment or her nail appointment. She didn't answer the phone when loved ones called, wondering what was going on with her. She never made it to that eagerly awaited baby shower. And she didn't pick up her daughter on the predetermined day. She also didn't make it to any of her doctor's appointments, and ultimately, her delivery date came and went. Now, missing the baby shower was the first serious sign that something was wrong. Her loved ones were immediately worried, 
Worried may even be an understatement here. They knew something was very wrong because she wasn't answering her phone either, which was also unlike her. Her grandma was trying to speak with Akia and eventually entered into a texting conversation with Akia's phone, and her grandma was immediately suspicious of the texted responses because they just didn't sound like Akia's normal responses. So like we said, according to those who knew her best, Akia would never miss her baby shower, which she had planned so meticulously, and she would never ever fail to pick up her daughter when it was time to get her. Now, Akia had been sharing a townhome with a roommate. This townhome was located in Cherry Hill, a large neighborhood in Baltimore. And when the family couldn't get a hold of Akia, they went directly to this apartment. What they found made them even more worried. Akia's townhome was virtually empty. The roommate was gone. All of Akia's belongings were gone except her bed and a dresser. Everything else had been cleared out. The roommate was contacted and she produced texts from Akia indicating she was planning on buying a house with her boyfriend. It was then that family realized Akia hadn't mentioned who the father of her new baby was. Had she moved somewhere with this mystery man without telling anyone? And they wondered who took all of Akia's belongings out of her house and where did they take everything? They reported Akia missing and began to share her story. They knew Akia wouldn't have moved away from her three-year-old daughter ever and wouldn't have gone anywhere without letting her family know. But the police were not so sure. They questioned the friend who drove her around to the banks on the 3rd. The friend told police that Akia had said she was going to use that money to put down payment on a house with her boyfriend. The friend apparently didn't pry, believing Akia was sure of herself and of her plans for her family. Akia had lots of people who cared about her, but as it turns out, Akia sometimes felt very much alone. She had lost her mom to breast cancer years back, and she was often sad about the fact that her mom had passed away. Anyone who has lost their mom at a young age can attest to the feelings of sadness and loneliness that could only be natural as life's milestones come and go. Akia passed these milestones by herself. Thankfully, she did confide in a few people who later told authorities and the family who this mysterious boyfriend was. And it turned out to be a person who Akia had known since she was a little kid. Actually, a childhood friend of her own stepdad. And her stepdad was shocked to find out his friend had somehow carried on a relationship with his stepdaughter without even telling him. Was this why Akia was so quiet about the father of her baby? Well, it turns out there may have been some additional reasons for Akia's silence. This man, who we're just going to call Michael, had also been building a family with a different woman. In fact, he had at least two children with her, and those children were both very young, younger than Akia's daughter. It was also said that Michael had kids by at least one other woman from years ago. Now, Michael is much older than Akia. He's in his mid to late 30s. We have no information on what he might do as gainful employment, but it's pretty clear that the guy has a lot of extra time on his hands if he can juggle multiple relationships and father untold numbers of children. According to some friends, 
Akia had shown them some threatening texts, messages, and other communications that she received from someone claiming to be the mother of Michael's young children. Akia referred to the woman as an ex-girlfriend, but in the aftermath of her disappearance, these people portrayed themselves as a monogamous couple. Was Michael the father of Akia's baby? Was he making plans with Akia to find a home together? If so, what happened? Akia makes no mention of this Michael character on her social media by name. She apparently became pregnant in around August of 2016, and by December, Akia mentioned that she needed a ride to an ultrasound, which served as her announcement that she was pregnant. Later, she began to mention feeling lonely, alone, sad, and annoyed by the state of her relationship with this unnamed man who she said was lying and cheating. During these months, Akia had communicated to others that Michael's ex had tried to attack her, had threatened her numerous times, and was seemingly obsessed with her due to the strong hatred she had for Akia. As her due date grew closer, Akia began to consider some other living options and wondered what the possibilities would be in a rent-to-own home. Now, if you're wondering what that is, the concept is a little complicated. The buyer puts money down on the home to a private seller. The amount could be anywhere from 2% to 10% of the purchase price of the property. This is not refundable. A sale price for the home is agreed upon by the buyer and seller, and usually it's going to be above the actual worth of the home. The buyer agrees to pay monthly rent, and in addition to that, a pre-specified amount which will go towards the principal of the purchase price. So the monthly cost can be very high or reasonably low depending on the length of the contract and the amount the buyer can pay every month. This will naturally create a situation in which a buyer must come up with a lump sum to move in, more than your typical first and last month's rent plus security deposit. And then the buyer will also have to shoulder the cost of a higher than market rate monthly payment in order to live there. Sometimes the buyer will also be responsible for maintaining the property as if they own it. So usually it's important to make sure the contract is reviewed by a competent attorney. If by the end of the term, the buyer cannot pay off the balance or secure financing to pay it off, the buyer loses all the money they've spent. Rent to own is usually considered an option for someone who has put down roots in an area and they don't intend to move for a very long time. They have steady income, but maybe their credit or ability to secure a loan has been compromised. Also, if they're working on rebuilding their credit and expect to be able to secure a loan within a couple of years, this type of buyer might be interested in entering into a contract such as this. Well, this rent-to-own possibility was not only an interest of IKEA's, it was also listed as an interest by one Michael on his social media. So there's a chance the two had been discussing this and perhaps this sort of down payment was what IKEA was trying to get money for. We wonder, did she have a specific property in mind? This is where we also have to wonder what the police were thinking when they decided IKEA had just taken off and they didn't need to look too deeply into the possibility of foul play. Granted, on the surface, initially, it might not have appeared suspicious that her apartment had been cleared out, even though there was a hole in the wall, 
also that she had gathered a bunch of money from various sources and disappeared into thin air. They did not investigate her case as one that necessitated them to begin from the premise that a violent crime had been committed or that Akia had disappeared against her will. So because they failed to take other details about her disappearance into account, precious time was lost. They didn't initially pull her phone records. They didn't get search warrants for other people's records. They didn't search for Akia. But the family was beside themselves because they knew very well that Akia wasn't going to be found by just waiting for her to contact people. They knew someone did something to her. And so they began to organize their own searches. These searches turned up no sign of Akia. By mid-July, the police finally decided that probably foul play was involved. It was now too late to check dumpsters or the city dump. We have no idea how much or even if Michael or his other girlfriends have been questioned. They did get the FBI involved, and eventually, in November of 2017, the FBI offered a $25,000 reward for information leading to Akia's whereabouts. There's also a $2,000 Crime Stoppers reward being offered. Those are positive developments, and they could very easily lead to the arrest of the person or people responsible for Akia's disappearance. I would think it would be simple enough, however, to establish the whereabouts of those who may have motive or who have expressed a desire in the past to do harm to Akia. There are others who say that the apartment building's maintenance man who was reportedly the last person to see Akia, should have been questioned a little more closely. They say he would have had access to the apartment community's surveillance cameras, which curiously enough, weren't working in the area of the complex that would have provided information on Akia's last movements near home. During the police's initial investigation, the maintenance man told the detective that he had seen Akia just an hour prior to being questioned. That statement had a relieving effect on the detective, who decided at that point he didn't have much to be worried about, that Akia was probably going to resurface soon. Speaking of maintenance men, a weird coincidence is the fact that the boyfriend shares a name with the person who actually was a maintenance man for the Housing Authority of Baltimore, and this particular maintenance man was one of several who were fired for allegedly exchanging necessary repairs to apartments for sex with tenants who needed the repairs performed. That scandal turned into an $8 million settlement for 20 women who lived in the city's housing. Now, we don't know if there's a relation, and like I said, we don't even know what Michael does in order to support his multiple children or how he's planning on supporting the child Akia was carrying at the time of her disappearance. But it is a coincidence. Akia's stepdad, Sean Wilkinson, has, along with other loved ones, begged the public to come forward if they know anything. He knows that anyone who could harm Akia is also a danger to the rest of the community and, in fact, could also present a danger to anyone who knows about what happened to her. He has spoken with media on the family's behalf on several occasions, and during one interview, he was asked about the alleged father of Akia's baby. If you can imagine, according to Sean, the police have directed him 
to refrain from communicating with Michael. That must require a large amount of self-control, since Sean has been part of every search conducted in the community for Akia. He would probably know if the father of Akia's baby helped look for her and his very own unborn child. According to Sean, this father-to-be didn't show up for one search as near as Sean could tell. And we wonder, why hasn't this man participated in efforts to find Akia? If he was intending to move somewhere with her, what changed so drastically that in one day he, all of a sudden, appears to have no relationship with her at all? Why haven't we seen him on TV or social media pleading for the return of his missing child, who now would be almost a year old? Now, police do have a person of interest. Hopefully they finally got around to pulling all those records. This suspect has not been named, so all the community can do to get a killer or killers off Baltimore streets is to continue to remember Akia and her unborn son to continue to appeal to friends, family, and others for information about her disappearance. We found this case interesting, and you all know we don't usually do high-profile, nationally known cases. But you know, sometimes it doesn't matter how widespread the general knowledge of a case has become. What matters is that the pressure remains on law enforcement to close the case, to bring the culprits to justice, and to find out what happened to a young mother and her baby. In this case, that is what matters. In this case, Akia has a group of people who truly care about her, whose lives are now incomplete because she is missing from them. Akia has a daughter who had the security of a mommy there whenever she needed her, and to whom nobody can give a satisfactory answer as to why she doesn't see her mommy anymore. All the dreams Akia had for being a mother to her daughter, who she treasured more than anything, are sadly slipping away. In this case, there is no possible way Akia could have moved herself out of her apartment and into a new place wherever that would have been because Akia couldn't carry anything. There is no possible way Akia has delivered her baby without surgery, and the FBI has already thoroughly checked the area hospitals for both mom and baby. If, and we're not saying this is a fact because there's always hope that Akia will come home to her loved ones, but if someone murdered Akia and her baby, well, they've been very lucky so far. Last time police commented on the investigation, they admitted that some of the people close to Akia, or who may have information helpful to finding her, are not cooperating. So when the truth finally comes out, and if there are people charged with harming Akia, they can rest assured that while they can only remain living among other potential victims for so long, they've still got something to be grateful for. In Maryland, the death penalty has been repealed. I guess a congratulations would be in order because the killer's life would be spared by the justice system and thus eternal justice may be delayed. In other states, killing an expectant mother and her baby can get you the death penalty. In Maryland, if you murder a viable fetus, you may be prosecuted for murder, and that's not even mentioning the mother. 
If you kill both of them, you'll go down for both of them. And you can rest assured that if you don't cooperate, you're gonna get the maximum. Because judges and juries, no matter their race, their religious beliefs, what they do for a living, or where they're from, if you look at past cases addressing the murder of a pregnant woman and or her baby, you'll find that judges and juries generally have zero willingness to reduce sentences for the convicted killer who takes it to trial. So since this killer clearly believes they're looking out for their best interest, we have a message for them. It's in your best interest to cooperate. You may not think so right now, but you'll always be looking over your shoulder. Your family and friends who know what you did will eventually turn on you, especially now that there is more than $25,000 on the table. Do you have $25,000 to spare to bribe multiple people to stay quiet? Why should they put themselves at risk by lying for you and possibly being charged with interfering with an investigation? If they helped you move Akia's belongings, dispose of remains, or if they provided a false alibi for you, they're looking at felonies that can carry hefty sentences. Why should they suffer because of your mistakes, your selfish and undignified behavior, and your criminal acts? They've probably been asking themselves these questions for a year now, and they're probably thinking that the only way they're going to escape punishment for helping you is to turn you in they might even be able to collect on that reward. That's the end of our message to anyone who may be responsible for Akia's disappearance. Quite honestly, we're also disturbed that the police, despite knowing the concerning statistics about the vulnerability of pregnant women, didn't immediately take action to find out who she was with and who was moving her belongings out of her apartment. They didn't establish what happened to her items and what happened to her, they didn't immediately track her phone location despite the fact that at least one member of her family felt they were texting with someone who did not sound or respond the way Akia would have. Was this family member not to be believed? If so, why? The police knew that homicide is a leading cause of death for pregnant women in the United States. They'd been informed of the delicate state of Akia's health and that she was in a risky stage of pregnancy yet they felt no urgency until it was too late to get the most important evidence, the phone tracking information of anyone who may be involved, and physical remains. They would have had plenty of probable cause to do so given the threats Akia had received and the money she had access to, which is also missing. One positive thing about this case is that the police did eventually start trying to find Akia, and they eventually admitted there's evidence leading them to suspect foul play. They did eventually ask for the help of the FBI. You know, over 13,000 people are reported missing in Maryland every year. Most of those people are found. It's probably not going to be easy for police to know who's going to come home and who won't. But that's why we need a better system. If a person has medical issues, that should create a heightened sense of urgency that the loved ones of the missing person shouldn't ever have to advocate for. In order to accomplish this, we need to remove some of the discretionary responsibility of law enforcement, because as we've mentioned several times already on various past episodes, 
if law enforcement is compelled by policy or law to take action, that's what they're going to do. They're very good at doing what they're required to do, and they're also provided with the necessary resources to act when they're required. But if they aren't required to do anything, they're also not usually provided with the necessary resources, and then the public has to rely on choices law enforcement makes, hoping people exercise common sense. And sometimes they make the wrong decision. In this case, as we mentioned, we had a medical issue involving a Kia. On top of that, there is the life of a viable fetus at stake. Adding to the danger were the threats Akia had received. From the perspective of a law enforcement investigator who is gifted with the ability to ignore these details, sometimes they're going to choose to focus on things like, Akia had money. She'd expressed an interest in moving out of Baltimore. She was having relationship issues, and she'd talked about being depressed at times in her life. These are all facts. This makes it easy for investigators to repeat the same old tired excuse for not acting. They say, adults have the right to walk away from their life. They say that all the time. It's something we see time after time in these cases that eventually grow cold. It's the problem of discretion. So we're not trying to trash the Baltimore Police Department. They didn't violate any policies or laws by not investigating Akia's disappearance. They simply didn't pay attention to the facts that created a dangerous situation for Akia. And if we were to be honest with ourselves, by the time family got to Akia's apartment to find it cleared out and a hole in the wall and other ominous signs that something wasn't right, even then it might have been too late to save Akia and her baby. We hope that's not true, but it's why the police need to not have that discretion. We believe it's why this case has dragged out for so long. So now, a year later, we can only remind the public that a young mom with dreams for herself and her children has been removed from the lives of her loved ones. We can only continue to repeat the damning and despicable way Akia was clearly played by someone who she was determined to trust for the sake of her baby. She wanted a traditional life. She yearned for a traditional family. Even when life was hard, she never stopped hoping. She never stopped working toward making positive steps in that direction when she thought that door was opening. And someone took advantage of that hope and drive Akia had to make her life and the lives of her children better. We believe this is why your common everyday criminal isn't as dangerous as whoever did this to Akia. Because this person's a manipulator, this person's a user, a thief, a liar. And if they could do this to Akia and her even more defenseless unborn baby, they can do it to anyone. And they will continue to use, lie, and cheat everyone around them. So like I said before, if you're helping this person, it's only going to hurt you. You're either going to get caught eventually, have to deal with similar consequences that the culprit's going to face, or you're going to be dealt with by the culprit for what you know. Because like Akia, you are a threat just by existing. 
Anyone who has any dealings with this person is going to be in danger due to the lack of conscience and the length this person has proven they can go to. I want to, we want to let you know, Akia's family and friends, of which there are many, have been actively keeping this case in the public consciousness. They just had a candlelight vigil recently to mark the one-year anniversary of her disappearance. While they're very good about supporting the police in their investigation, they aren't going to stop putting pressure on the community to seek answers, seek justice, and to bring Akia and her baby home, no matter what happened to them. So if you want to engage in this fight for justice, visit, join, and share their advocacy page. We're going to include a URL in our show notes and, as always, links on our social media and blog post about Akia's case. Do you know what happened to Akia and her baby? Do you know of any threats Akia was receiving during her high-risk pregnancy? Do you know of anyone who would have had a motive to steal from Akia or to affect her disappearance? If so, the FBI may have some money for you. Call the FBI's Baltimore Field Office at 410-265-8080 or the Baltimore Police Department at 410-396-2499. If you'd like to submit an anonymous tip, we'll provide that URL in the show notes. I'm going to keep you updated on any progress we see being made in this case, and also next time we see an event is planned. In the meantime, we will keep Akia, her baby, and their loved ones in our thoughts and in our prayers. Thank you for listening. We'll talk again soon.